New career path or existing tech skills gap? Understanding the application of technology in executive security. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. The technical EPO of the future. What a topic. We're going to be talking to Christian West, who is very kindly often spoken about the emergence of this skill set in EP. Uh, John, what are you looking forward to with today's interview? Look, it's a huge subject. The whole technical side of EP is one that's really easily overlooked. I think so many of us in the industry recognize the need to move with the technology, understand what the technical threat is and guard against it. But there are dinosaurs and they've been able to say you can't trust technology because it will let you down. And that's becoming a bit of an old excuse now. And I think like it or not, we've got to move ahead. We've got to understand the technical threat. We need to adapt we need to upskill, we need to be ready for it. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Christian's got to say on the subject. Because uh, John, you know, ha haven't these things always moved in cycles? Uh, people have insourced expertise, people have outsourced expertise. You know, just as you might get a TSCM specialist or you might get a comm specialist like Andy Clark we had uh, earlier in a previous podcast, isn't it on you as an EP professional to know who to call and then have a degree of understanding about what service they're going to deliver? Um, is there a distinction between that and absolutely creating a new technical EPO profession uh, where there's someone on your team? Just as you would have a paramedic, you'd have a technical EPO in your team. I I is that likely? Well, look, that's going to come down to lots of different factors you've got to analyze the threat, the risk to any particular client or principal. And some for sure are going to have a greater exposure to any technical threat. But at the end of the day, if you're the advisor to the principal, you need to know what the risk is. You need to be able to spot the threat and you need to be able to communicate that with somebody. So yeah, I think you do need to know where to go. You do need to be able to identify when it's time to bring in the big guns with the knowledge, but you need to be able to communicate with them. And whether they're on the team or whether that's all on your own shoulders, there's no way we're going to get through this without needing to learn a little bit more ourselves. And it also links to what we were talking to uh, last week with uh, Leo Des on uh, access control, because you know, you're not an access control specialist or are you, given that one of the biggest tasks you do is get an entrance and an exit from a given location? So it, I guess it's a question of perspective. And also, whilst the principal is still not traveling as much, you've got to get savvy about all sorts of in, interesting things. Now, I think in this interview, we're going to be looking at the tech inside the principal's home and, and, and a lot of the stationary threats as well, which which needs some upskilling. But again, I'm fascinated to see where we go with this interview because does it mean we need an in-house professional or does it mean that everybody has a degree of technical ability? Yeah, well, where are we recruiting from? So are we starting with security and looking for people with the technical knowledge 
or are we going straight to tech and saying, hey, can you come in and advise us on this? Or maybe, you know, we look to cybersecurity, but it, it's my understanding that cybersecurity specialists have got quite a lot of work on at the moment, and I'm sure they don't need to branch out any further than the lane that they're already in. There's a lot of challenges there, and I'm hoping that Christian is going to shed some light on this for us. Love it. Well, let's hear from Christian and the technical EPO of tomorrow. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to The Circuit magazine. We're here with Christian West, great friend of the industry and excellent expert in all things EP. Um, we're going to look at the technical EPO of today and tomorrow. So let's do our three quick fire questions to start everything off. Uh, Christian, firstly, welcome. Uh, I hope you're well. Can you give us a, a flavor of what your biggest gripe or maybe complaint with the industry uh, regarding the technical EPO at the moment? Yeah, well, um, if it has to be quick and dirty, I, I, I normally start off by saying I'm not much of a complainer because I've gotten too old to complain. But, um, you know, the whole EPTO comes from um, right before COVID when I had a lot of agents that were traveling all over the world, right? We realized that we live in a very, very technical world and our clients, we keep safe from all kinds of things. But we see a lot of holes between when they're in the corporation, there's typically an IT department that helps them with everything. And that's great. But as soon as we step outside, either at home or on the road, there's a lot of gaps. And nobody can really um, tell the people back home in the IT department what's going on if we don't know what we're talking about and we can't advise our clients. And that's originally where it started from. And one of the issues that I figured out is this shouldn't come from me. You know, people should be able to identify these problems themselves, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we protect our clients from any type of attack and any type of risk, and we try to uh, stop them from being humiliated and all of these things. But if you look at what most of our clients' biggest fear is right now, it's data breaches, It's or at least before COVID. It's data breaches, it's loss of information and all of that stuff. And most of the people in this industry were fairly uneducated and are fairly uneducated about this. So that's kind of where it comes from. And I guess that's that's my biggest gripe, right? And I'm by no means an expert in it myself. I'm just raising the problem because I think it's important that we start looking at it, if that makes sense. It does, it does. And, and raising that uh, alarm or raising the problem, uh, it's, it's really important. But tech in EP as a topic, I find really interesting. Uh, where does your enthusiasm for this whole topic actually come from? I would think that it's because um, the last 10 years, I mean, I, I, I started up somewhere completely different in this business, but for some reason, I've moved around the tech environment most of my career. And I've seen the enthusiasm on, on how to get more productive and how to get more done and, and stuff like that. And, and living on the road, like I pretty much have for 30 years, the more efficient you become with your time, the less or the more time you get to yourself or the more you can get done, right? And I think it's really funny. I can't tell you why, but the old school of EP agents, which I guess I belong to now, we, we were very set in our old ways, right? Nobody could tell us what to do and stuff like that. And 
I've always been one of those guys who like to reinvent myself. I like to reinvent what I do. And I, if I can get smarter, I'm, I'm very curious. If you knew me really well, you'll know that I still write like this. I have um, horrible tech skills, but that doesn't stop me from being curious, right? So I think that that's kind of where it comes from more than anything. I like it. And, and that sort of sounds like an answer to our third quickfire question, which is what would you like the uninitiated side to actually know? Uh, those people not yet taking the leap into even being curious about the mm. EPO. Well, I mean, I spoke at one of your um, events a couple, I think it's about a month ago, right? And it was actually a pleasure to hear that whole event because people started talking about EPTO and they started talking about how we need to train our people and we need to know all of this. I think it actually goes back a little bit further. It goes back to we need to nurture the curiosity, right? We need to challenge ourselves to kind of say, hey, why don't we do this in a smarter way? How do we move forward and all of that stuff? And if, if you think about the problem that lays ahead of us, like COVID, for instance, coming out of COVID, who's going to be in charge of PPT? Who's going to be in charge of making sure that rooms are sanitized, that cars are sanitized and all of that? And it's not enough for us to actually just go out and get the procedures. It's how do we document it? How do we move forward? How do we do all of that stuff? Um, you know, I challenge my family. Uh, me and my daughter have this thing on Apple Watches where we see who closes all our rings today and stuff like that, right? How, how can that work in a family when nobody does it for EP teams, for instance, where fitness and skill set and all of that stuff needs to be measured? Because one of the biggest problem I have right now is how do I show the clients that I work with that the people that I send out to them haven't been around infected people, for instance, right? And we don't have stuff like that. So if we don't look for tech, how, how, how are we going to do this, right? We, we need to get smarter all the time. So that's probably, if there has to be one takeaway out of my enormous stream of words, it would probably be to be curious and always kind of like explore what's out there. So Christian, I, I think even in these, these quick fire questions, you tackled a lot of the questions that that I would pose to you, or you kind of summed it up on the front end, and you and I have had interactions with each other for years, I, I think we see certain things the same way. And one of the things that I've seen, and you can tell me if you agree or not, is I've seen a resistance to new technology. So anytime something new comes in our industry, and again, maybe because we're, you know, traditionally so pen and paper, it's automatically like that's bad. Or often a lot of us can be behind the curve mm -hmm. on tech, even though in other sectors, tech is used for innovation. Oh yeah. So I guess my question is, how, you know, how do we bring the rest of the industry along for the ride here, so that way we're not always playing catch up? You know, it's really interesting to me because when I ran AS Solution, I was kind of talking to my counterparts about what their R and D budgets were, <laughs> and they would look at me like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" <laughs> right. But right. look at it, if I have a thousand agents worldwide or 500 agents or 100 agents or even 10 agents, right? If I can give my clients one more hour of production time or one more hour of free time where they can come home because they're always on the road or whatever, it's kind of what has to drive what you do, right? And it has to drive yourself as well, right? Because if you don't kind of like push forward, you're not going to get there. And I think, unfortunately, when, when I really sit down and, and look at it, it has been maybe the way of the people that we recruited in the past and what we all came with was kind of like, well, let's stand back from this a little bit. And you know, for years, we all spoke about the fear of the millennials coming into the workplace and especially into protection and all of that. I actually, 
turned my whole attitude towards that around a couple of years ago and started thinking about hopefully they'll get better at all the things I sucked at, right? And then it's a question about nurturing that and, and harvesting that. The tough part is going to be, and, and I already see this a little bit, if you have really young agents working with older agents and they're really tech savvy, the older agents kind of feel even more standoffish, right? So it's also a question about us as employers and us as influencers and stuff like that help breach that gap a lot, I think, because else we're not going to get there. Well, Christian, you mentioned earlier that you, of course, speak on a variety of topics, not just this technical EPO that we, we're sort of looking into today, but perhaps if we could marry two of the topics, because in a COVID environment, lots of principles are at home. Uh, there are fewer trips. So a lot of the details are looking after the residents. Um, I, I know you've got quite good insights into this. Uh, can you tell us what threat vectors have emerged with all these ultra high net worths uh, living uh, and working from home? But how can tech sort of overcome that? Or, or maybe what new tech threats uh, does that present? I don't know if I have the answer how tech can overcome it. I, I thought a lot about how we can help the clients that we have. And, and if we back up a little bit and look at what has happened the last year, first of all, we thought that we were going to stay at home for three weeks. Then we thought we were going to stay at home for three months. And then it turns into six months and then eventually a year, right? And now we're coming up on maybe even a year and a half. And who knows, right? Right now we're on a really good path, but you kind of open the newspaper every day waiting for the bad news to come, but hopefully it won't. So if you think about that, all the tech that we had back home was designed, um, our alarm systems, our uh, cameras, everything was designed to keep people from the outside to stop breaking into the properties, Right. And it was mostly done so we could kind of like build a perimeter and then our clients could be left alone on the inside. The people we typically protect would only be home for a certain amount of time and they wanted their privacy. So we didn't think much about it. So I'm definitely not slandering one anybody about this because I fell into the same kind of trap of thinking. So everybody coming home was fine for three weeks. It might have been fine for a month or two. But then all of a sudden you're realizing the average age of a CEO is... I don't know the exact number, but it's between 55 and 65. A lot of them have been running and gunning for a long time. So there's a certain health risk. There's all of a sudden they live with their family. All of a sudden, all the people who couldn't identify where they were because they were always on the road or they were at the office. No, now they're home. They're always mm -hmm. home. So you created all these extra layers of risk, both from a health and safety aspect, because as long as we had some rest buttons in case... Uh, there was a break-in in the bedroom and a safe room, we were fine. But what has happened? I mean, you typically have a home office where you need to be quiet to work, right? So you either close the door or it's in the other end of the house. What happens if you get a stroke in there? Do you have a way of uh, alarming your security team or your family or whatever? In the office, you typically do or somebody checks on you, right? You have all these rings of safety and security. You don't really have those at home. And one of the things that, um, that is kind of an issue in EP is we don't really want to intrude on anything, right? So when we told the clients, your perimeter is fine, we didn't do much on the inside for the most part. And, you know, mobile, the rest buttons and mobile alarms, or maybe as simple as go um, to have a certain code type on your phone if you don't feel well or you're in the pool or you walk the the yard of the big estates or whatever, and, and you start feeling sick, how do you, something as simple as, how do you get your team to come and help you, right? The whole fire safety, um, all of these things 
So what we did was we we went out and, and looked at different apps that could kind of like um, call for help, mobile kind of like duress buttons that could call out to the guard shack, made sure that the phone systems work, maybe uh, extra internal phones in some of the rooms, stuff like that, right? And technology plays a, a, a big role in that. And if, if you also look at moving back home, created a lot of risk on the whole delivery side, right? And we went from getting what, 10 Amazon packets a month to getting 10 a day. All our food is now delivered to us. So that means all of a sudden, uncleared drivers will figure out who lives here because they come back several times, right? And it's easy for them to um, tell their friends or whatever. And, and you know, they deliver the food. And for most cases, the food goes straight into the kitchen. I, I don't even think what want to think about what people could do to the food, but put in a letter to the client, put it in the food delivery, will it go all the way up to, to the dinner table? It probably would in the most cases, right? So, so we weren't really prepared for all these new changes or, or this new risk scenario, I guess. Wow. I, I mean, I think you nailed it on, on all those topics and it is kind of scary when you think about it. You know, we always say that, you know, the world has changed and then I'm always feeling like, particularly in our industry, we're, we're playing catch up. And so since we're playing catch up, you know, we want to try and be as, as effective with it as we can. So I think it's great, you know, having somebody like you, you know, on the show talking about a topic that just isn't just straight running and gunning or, you know, drop kicks and stuff. And even when you're talking about countermeasures, you're not talking about firearms, you know, you're talking about a duress button. Well, it's also funny, right? Because I was out talking to um, some of our friends in the industry who's kind of suffering, right? Because uh, all of a sudden travel stops and tour stops and all of that stuff, Right. And I sit and talk to him. This is around Christmas time, right? And he goes, well, now they're going to start doing these concerts online and they're going to do these performance online and all of that. And I go, so what are you doing? And he goes, well, you know, there's nothing for me to do. And I'm like, so you haven't had a talk with your clients, which I know listens to you because uh, I've known you and working with this client for years about maybe taking uh, the Van Gogh painting in the background down or maybe not show exactly where you live or whatever, right? And it's really, because we, we, we don't like technology and stuff like that, but we can still advise on the risk, right? Mm-hmm. So it would mm-hmm. be kind of an easy sell for himself and it would create a lot of value for the client to say, hey, have you actually set up a studio where you're going to perform from or are you going to perform from your living room? If you're going to perform from the living room, maybe take your obscure paintings in the background down or whatever so you don't put yourself at risk, right? And that kind of transfers into the EPTO thing as well. If we don't think risk in every aspect of what we do, we're not going to be the good advisors. And if you think about it, it might be kind of simple way of technology, but just advising people on how to conduct a good Zoom meeting or a good Zoom performance or a good online performance from a risk aspect is definitely being part of the EPTO program. And when you talk about the Zoom part, I definitely get it because as you said, we had this technology before the pandemic. I mean, I had Zoom on my on my laptop, right? but it's not until everybody started using it, particularly these high net worth individuals, and they're talking about trade secrets and all these things that you start saying, well, wait a minute, yep. what's the security behind the system? Exactly. You know, and and you know, and that's why I keep coming to go back to this, you know, us playing catch up. You know, somebody's thinking about it, but are, are we as the protectors necessarily think about it? And then I I guess I'll use that to segue a little bit, which is, you know, somebody listens to a program like this and they say, well, you know what? I, I hadn't thought about that or, or how can I get some more education on this? What, what should I do if I want to get more versed in this? You have any recommendations or suggestions? 
Oof, uh, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think participating and listening to a podcast is such a great medium, right? Because mm-hmm. you can listen to it anywhere, you can watch them anywhere you want. And again, here, it's actually funny because before COVID, I don't know if you ever enjoyed video meetings and conference calls. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I mean, I come from Denmark, it doesn't really exist, right? right. All of a sudden, I've learned to trust it and I figured out I can do a lot of my business online. Is it the same? Absolutely not. But does it achieve same? Maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you in a year or two. But I think for a lot of people it does because we were forced in this boat, right? So if you all of a sudden also forces yourself to, I was going to read, uh, say, not only read Soldier of Fortune magazine, but that would make me look even older. Uh, <laughs> if you uh, maybe don't spend all, all of your time reading gun magazines, but actually go on um, and play with different apps or iTunes or, or whatever and figure out what's out there. But also go in and, and look at, um, we really have created a lot of, I mean, one of, one of the biggest takeaway from me from COVID is a lot of people have kind of found windows to express what they're doing, right? So there's a lot of, uh, like Palin, for instance, you really stepped up and created a whole online, almost stockpile of information, right? Mm-hmm. Where you really can learn a lot from other people. Before we had one or two conferences a year where we could learn from the speakers. But right now, mm-hmm. I mean, there's more podcasts and more um, online stuff that anybody can even assume, right? So that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is um, speak speak to the other teams and stuff like that. There's one thing I think is so great in our industry and I think it's so great among us people. And I don't know if it's just me, but I never get a no when I ask people to help me with something or if I ask a question from another team or from another operator. And I know myself, I try to answer everybody that reaches out to me with something that I think is... Uh, a serious concern for them or something they need help with, right? So you can ask the other guys, you can dive into all the amounts of topics that is out there and stuff like that. But I also think that um, there's a lot of reading material. It's like, I ask a lot of my guys, so you guys downloaded like the masterclass where you can learn um, like that, that online thing where you can learn a lot of stuff. Is it the same as going through the courses? Absolutely not, but you can do them on your time. And, and if you get between 80 to 10% out of that, you have a lot of time right now to learn a lot of stuff. And then don't be scared of it. Be, be curious instead of being standoffish. Sure. I don't think there's like a textbook for it, unfortunately. That would be a lot easier. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you, though, about the, the podcast thing. I, I consume a lot of information and I, and I read a lot of physical books. And then I, I had started listening to audiobooks and podcasts. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And, you know, instead of working out, I mean, listen to music during my workouts, I'll put a podcast on and consume this information. And even if I can't finish it, you know, when I'm in transit, I'm in the car and you can just kind of, like you said, stockpile it where you have just different topics and it doesn't just have to be EP stuff. You can learn so much from other things. I, w- I was just listening to, you know, this thing about Bill Gates and viruses and just consuming this information and then we can filter that and say okay this might be something i need to share with the client or might might need to share with my team you know it's um it's really funny um one of my mentors who is uh absolutely outside of the tech generation Mm -hmm. he has this thing when he went out and traveled in the security industry he remembered where all his clients and all his friends work And whenever he was sitting on his iPad watching an article, um, let's say that he had a friend who worked in a bank and he would read an article about that bank. He would go in and send that article 
to either his client or his friend and go, hey, I was thinking about you when I read this article. And he stays relevant. He keeps the contact yes. network. Yes. It's brilliant, right? And I keep that as a learning lesson for all my guys all the time, right? Because if you do stuff like that, you learn something about other people. You learn something about the industries, the people we protect. I mean, a lot of the people that uh, the CP guys, if you pull them out and, and actually ask them in depth, what does your client do? What companies does he own? Where does he, most of them probably don't even know, right? Because we're so focused on all of this. So I love it when you say, try and, and dig into topics that are not other EP guys or EP related, right? Because there's so many other things out there that can help you. Absolutely. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but for a while I've had, had a subscription to Wired Magazine. I don't even uh -huh. know if they still make it in, in print form. But I remember just years ago, you know, on a little sidebar column, they had this, this article, you know, maybe four paragraphs, but it was the beginning story of the guy that started Uber. Uh -huh. So right when he was first just starting Uber and he just got a little bit of coverage, again, it was, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. an eighth of a page long. And you read something like that and then you go, and now you look at where that company has grown and how this valuation, exactly. like those are the things that should be inspiring us and saying, hey, you know, I can do this, yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, Maybe not start start a company that ends up at Uber, but it can also start it up as a as a person, right? I mean, I know that a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I don't have inspiration to work out, I don't have inspiration to do this, I don't have inspiration mm -hmm. to do that. But maybe you can find the inspiration in some of this if you just don't stay stay focused, right? Agreed. As you as you said, uh, Christian, you know, it, it, people don't say no to you when you ask for help, um, and I think that's because people obviously genuinely like you, but people also genuinely like to help, and that's why people have been very kind. You know, we invite them. We had the inspirational leaders, and yeah, I mean, we just wanted them to help the industry to um, motivate everybody. Mm -hmm. So coming back to this technical uh, EPO, I guess. We don't really have the answer. How can you become one? You're literally going to either be one or not be one, or you're going to segue into becoming one. But one thing that we can look to is the future. Now, I remember five years ago when we started the events looking at tech in CP, we had uh, a phobia, uh, almost. Let's, let's call it a phobia. I would invite people to, to join a panel, and I would say, it's about EP. They say, fantastic. And I said, and we're going to consider what technology might do. Uh, with an EP. And they said, absolutely not. I can't join it. I'm not going to touch it. Now, now, obviously, we've come very far in just a few years, but five years down the, the line, I, I suppose the, the golden question, the futurology, how can people prepare? Wow, that, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't think there's a simple answer for that, but I also think the answer is really, really simple. I think I go down to my car after this. I put my iPhone in my holder and I get ready to drive and it tells me how far there is to where it thinks I'm going because normally at this time I go to that place. It says there's 18 miles, there's low traffic and it'll take you 35 minutes to get there. I think that's kind of like him predicting my behavior and stuff like that, right? I, I, like I said, I'm not a tech guy. When I come to my house, I can share my media between all my files. I can turn on my lights on the way there. I can do all of these things, right? but I don't always know where my EP team is because we don't want to be tracked. I think you're already tracked, right? No, I don't want to do that because I don't know where these data are shared. Okay, but do you have a credit card, right? I don't know where this is stored, all of that stuff. We need to get out of that negative mindset of what it is. And I think that's the biggest preparation. 
that we have. If we don't become an industry that's open. So when I lived back in Denmark, um, I was on, uh, I owned a security company back there and we were really talking about how do we get in when the police start outsourcing all these jobs. And we as an uh, industry tried really to get in on that. And uh, we never really made any progress with it. But at the same time, a guy figured out how to write uh, parking tickets on private properties and he cornered the market for private parking control. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there thinking this guy was so much smarter than us because we were so focused on one thing. And it has become a little bit of a learning lesson for me, right? Because coming out of COVID, he is still going to be the same. We, we're just going to focus on different things, right? But at the end of the day, there's still a need to be protected. Either people are going to be traveling or they're not going to be traveling, but they still need the same things. But if we don't embrace and become, let's say, the like we have the EPTO, which is probably more a mindset than a, a set thing, but it's a way of thinking. Are we thinking about becoming the EPPPT kind of consultant? If not, maybe we should, because else somebody else is going to corner that market and you're not going to grow as executive protection professionals. So I can't tell you where we are in five years, but I can tell you that it's not going to slow down and it's going to keep mm-hmm. moving no matter what we think about it. So keeping your eyes open and, and, and kind of thinking forward in a positive way. And, and if we had had this conversation two years ago and we had talked about, oh, the world is going to shut down to a global pandemic the rest of the conversation would have been, how do we get enough ammo to prepare for this? And if we look at one thing we've learned the last year and a half is actually, it, it, it gave me a great belief in people. Because yeah, we've had some trouble over politics and whatever, but, but that's really dumb when you think about it. Because had we had this conversation a long time ago, it would have been like, oh, we prepare for the end of the world, the worldwide pandemic, all of that as protectors, right? But let's look at this and say, hey, we actually got along pretty well. Nobody was shooting each other left and right in the street due to the pandemic and all of this stuff, right? So if we take that mindset of positivity and look at uh, how the world is going to evolve and stuff like that, I think we're going to figure it out. But I think it comes back to what we talked about in the beginning. If we're not curious and if we don't become realistic of we, (laughs) we can't stop development, right? So let's figure out a way of working with it. I think that's probably the best way of looking at the next five years. I know that was a little vague, but I don't have the like set in stone answer for it, unfortunately. You know, it's just great listening to you talk because while I I see you kind of rooted in the past in terms of your background, you're you're a visionary enough thinker to realize tomorrow's not going to be the same as today. So maybe you don't know what it is, but it ain't going to be the same as right now. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I, I, I mean, the world is going to evolve we, either if we like it or not, right? I mean, the only thing that's for sure is we get older and we don't have time back, right? Those are the only two for sure things in life. And therefore, any tech that gives us a little more time is quite appealing. It, it is, but, but it's also a question about getting more organized. And, uh, but I, I know, that, does it really get us more organized? Maybe not, right? Mm. Because we just take on more and more things as well. So I'm not saying that the EPTO makes us less stressed or less worried or whatever. I'm just saying it, 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 we need to follow along, right? I like it. Well, no, this is, this is great. And it's a great topic. Um, and it's good to ask these questions thematically, because what, what we're trying to do is bring the pages of the Circuit magazine to life and move from topic to topic, uh, which interest us, which interests you, which interests our readers and now listeners. 
Um, so, so maybe a good question to finish on, I suppose, would be what's next for you? Are, are, are you taking it easy over COVID? Um, have, have you got any plans? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's too early to, to kind of like go to the world with it. But um, I took about six months where I was thinking long and hard about what, what comes next. And I'm in the middle of a uh, new startup that hopefully will premiere soon where um, I have hopefully found a new way to uh, contribute to the industry, maybe even more than I ever have before. And um, if I can make a business out of it at the same time, that would be, uh, that would be great. So I'm full speed ahead again. And um, I, I, I can't do anything else and I wouldn't do anything else. I mean, I, I love this industry and I'm uh, kind of like uh, try to be a positive element in every way I can, because I think there are plenty of people who, who puts the negative in front of everything else, right? So mm. everything I do is, is trying to be positive and, and I never worked for anybody. So I really have a hard time going out and looking for jobs, right? So it's more about for me, finding a new niche that I can make my own. That's great. Yeah. You are what you are, right? But we've got to get Christian back because there's so many different elements that we could talk about. And it's great to be able to have these focus points here. But there's, there's other stuff that I would love to dig in. And then particularly if you've got a new project coming up. So, you know, we just started the, the podcast. We're almost a dozen episodes in. But give us the heads up when you're ready to, to launch or ready to talk about it. And, and we'll make sure there's a platform. Oh, perfect. That would be awesome. Well, Christian, thanks very much from Elijah and myself. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you, everybody. It's always inspirational uh, speaking to Christian or hearing him speak. You know, he's got a great mind about where the EP industry is headed. It's great to actually get some takeaways for this because the technical EPO has so many things to consider now, don't they? Um, residential security, if the principal isn't traveling so much, what about health and safety? You know, you want to ensure they're free of COVID, but to what extent can you use some of their uh, Fitbit technology? Uh, of course, TSCM, but what about mail security? I love that. You know, the mail security is perhaps an underbelly that we haven't considered. Um, John, what did you take away from uh, today's session? Okay, so I was hoping to listen to this interview and come away with it being all knowledgeable and ready to go. I, I think in many ways, it's given me more questions than I had before I listened to it, more food for thought. And putting my hand up, it, it's exposed for sure areas and gaps in my own knowledge that I know I need to upskill. But we're very quickly trying to bring tech into all areas of our life because we can see the benefits of it. I think we all accept, you know, that if we can do something more efficiently and it involves plugging into tech, we're at that stage where we've given up the resistance to it now and we're on board. I, I guess what we're really saying is, is it going to be your job? Is it going to be an outsourced job? Is it going to be uh, one professional with all the technical capabilities, or are we going to have to spread them across the team? Are we going to have to embed it like a paramedic? Are we going to have to buy it in? Yeah, the, the paramedics are a really good example, actually. But with medical, it's easy for us to know where to turn to get the help. We know where we can go to get the training. We know which training is appropriate, and we can tweak it to our principles very easily if we just know a little bit about their medical history and the threats and risks that they're exposed to. Now, how do we overlay 
the same principles onto the technical thread. That's a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, you do have a good point because, of course, paramedic is a term. It, it, it's definable. A medical doctor is definable. But geek that is also an EP professional, you know, where does that stop and start? And, and, and I'm looking forward to, you know, learning more about it through Christian West's work. And, and I know some of the wider community are, are looking at this topic as well. But where it ends up and where the principal wants it to end up are, are maybe two different things in the short term, at least. Um, I wanted to make a little announcement in that. On Friday, the 2nd of April, I do know it's Good Friday, I am holding a, a corporate security modernization event for the Southwest United States. Many, many familiar faces and friends of the industry, ranging from Chris Story and Chuck Randolph, our friends over at Conversations in Close Protection, and the IPSB, all the way through to uh, a fireside chat with Jason Viat from GoDaddy and the magic uh, himself, Carlos Francisco, uh, he's going to be doing the corporate security magic. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, and, and hopefully we'll see a lot about this technical EPO uh, also at, the, uh, at that event. Um, John, what is coming up for the magazine? What, what, what do we hope uh, people will do? Yeah, well, we've got issue 57 lined up inside the magazine. We've got all our regular features and we conclude our part two on the story of kidnapping of a tycoon. So look out for that one. Which actually was a topic of debate in our BBA Connect app just recently. Um, it, it is a, a very key uh, theme and I'm very pleased to see all the engagement. Uh, you, you know who you are. Thank you for engaging. It's, it's great to keep that community spirit alive. And, and also lots of new members uh, coming on board inside the app. Uh, welcome. We hope we can help you as much as you, you need. But please do subscribe to our podcast. Do subscribe uh, and download the BBA Connect app because that enables you to be in touch more often, but more specifically to your needs. And actually, John, one thing you've been doing, uh, which is excellent for the industry, you do a weekly newsletter, which combines EP news, but also the latest podcasts, interviews and events. Uh, how can people get involved? You know, we put out a lot of stuff at the moment and maybe your life is a little bit busy. Maybe you haven't got time to digest all of these things on an individual basis. We will forgive you. But on the circuit, our weekly newsletter, which does a great roundup, it, it brings everything together. So you're not going to miss out on anything if you subscribe to that. You can do that by going directly to the circuit website and every Friday, in your email, you're going to receive a newsletter which collates all of the best bits of what we've been up to. And I, I do look forward to that. Um, it's been great talking to Christian. I'm very much looking forward to our next events. And uh, this has been an excellent edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.